Okay, so the meeting is being live streamed and being recorded, and this is our Thursday show. Um, just before we start, though, I was going to say, if we want to bring up this, bring up uh, this story about the PGA Tour and the investment and all the stuff from yesterday, I don't have a whole lot of stuff. Although it is a pretty big story in the world of sports, but I mean, we might want to just touch on it at some point. Did what you hear about it? it? No. Okay, well, that's what I mean. Well, I mean, you, know, you, don't, you can't... Listen, the thing is, even though, as Dan says, you have a sports portal, <laughs> whatever, the, whatever that means, I like how he says it every day now, and it just goes by, and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, it's Fred's, <laughs> Fred's sports portal. <laughs> yeah, he's got one of those. It's right in front of him. Right there, the, the sports portal. Anyway, um, also, before we start, there's a story uh, about birth rates in Canada, and... Uh, it's not necessary to even get into whether they're up or down, but they are down. And yes, the country's fertility rate fell to its lowest on record in 2022. And this, well, there's two parts of this. One is that it's only 1.33 children born per woman. I don't know where that, that 0.33 child is today, but somebody should, somebody should do something. Deformed. Deformed. Somebody should talk to somebody about that child. But the reason I bring it up, actually, gentlemen, is to uh, celebrate and welcome. I have a new grandniece. Uh, oh. Our friend David Glassman, nice. my brother David's. One of his daughters has had a, a, a baby. A baby? <laughs> a baby? A full I, one or a third? A third one. <laughs> apparently, it's, it's, mm. it's all of there, not one of those 0.33 okay. babies that everyone's talking about. It's not a 0.33 baby, but you see, weren't we just talking about names recently? Yeah, we were talking yesterday, Howard. Yeah. Oh, recently, as, in, as opposed to yeah, yesterday's show, we were talking about guys named Gail. Well, you know, now it's like, so here's a picture of a baby that my brother has sent says, born about an hour or so ago. This was last night. Mom and baby are, are doing well, and the baby's name is Jesse. And I have to actually zoom in. I, can, I still can't tell if Jesse's a boy or a girl. I'm assuming that's a boy. Yeah, Jesse works both ways. Yeah. Nicely. But I think that's, uh, from what I can see, this is a, uh, this is a baby boy and... Uh, it's great. My brother's got... It doesn't uh, say? It doesn't say? No. It, that's my point. It doesn't say. It's just a baby named Jesse. And I'm assuming... Look, th- there's a picture of the baby, like literally right. just born, and I can see what looks like a penis. So. Oh, okay. Or I was thinking maybe is that where we're got now? Where you, when you announce a baby, you're not supposed to say the gender now? Is that a thing now? No, no. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah, you're. Yeah, no, no, that's not. Like, if, if it is, if it is, it ain't my brother David's thing. I promise you that. Yeah. Well, don't forget about all the gender reveal parties, which I never. No, I, only in the last ten years did I ever even hear about that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. There, yeah, that's just looking for things exploding. Just looking color for a party or something. Well, speaking um, of looking for a party, now there's a thing. I had a story yesterday. I thought oh, it was too ridiculous and I never got to it. It was now, Dan, what they're having are divorce parties. What? Yes. Wow. It's another reason to have a, uh, a get-together, a bash, as the kids say. And yeah, there are people that are getting divorced and now having big parties to end their marriage. Now, well, would that they be... invite? Mm, yeah. Pardon me, Dan? 
I'm sorry, Fry. I didn't mean to talk. No, no, that's fine, oh, Dan. No, go no ahead. Dan. Your question was a good one. Mm-hmm. Who do they invite? Is my question. All their friends. So both. So the divorced couple invites yeah. all their friends. So they're friend- on good terms at this point. Well, I would. They would have to be on pretty good terms to get together with some of their money for a divorce party. Yeah. Yeah, but you could have. Say it's a bad divorce. You know, the woman could have a party that she's finally away from this creep and everybody would celebrate with her. I mean, that would be one way to go. You know what? The you're other right. one would be an amicable one like you and Randy. It's like all your friends come and it's like we, you know, we still love each other. We can't live together. And we've decided to do, hey, good for you guys. Let's party. There's many, many takes on this. Guy. Yeah, but I think that's the take. Okay. I don't think it's a lot of couple. I mean, I'm not, I don't know because I didn't read the whole story, but it looks like to me the take on it was. Mm-hmm. We're ending our marriage as friends, and we want to get together with our friends to sort of celebrate the marriage we had. Uh, but before we get off uh, David's uh, new grandchild, I just want to say um, that's two for him. My other brother has two with twins. Right. And, and But David is about to take the lead because his other daughter, very shortly within the next few weeks, is also going to have a baby. So it will be uh, super smart Dave three Edmonton Steve two and uh, but Steve's one child another one of his children is having a grand uh, child so they'll be three three very shortly yeah nice very nice you know you know it's uh, almost like a bittersweet thing now bringing children into this world oh this horrible world yes oh well you know well you know you know people have that you know You know, there's this thing going on here in Brampton. Another reason why maybe I want to leave Brampton, and you talk about religion. Now there's this thing, like the theaters will show these Indian films, South Asian films, and now there's drive-by shooting. So if one faction of the Indian population doesn't like the film or the way a god is depicted or people are depicted through their religion, they just go and shoot the shoot at the at the uh, movie theaters. Now, it's happened in, Bra- in Vaughn and Brampton here a few times, and it's well, like, you know. fuck, I might just go to the Home Depot and get caught in crossfire say, because of this goddamn movie. But, but, Dan, that's what we did growing up in Western Canada. If we didn't like something at the movie, we just go and shoot people. <laughs> no, they're not shooting people. What they do, to their credit, they're compassionate. They wait till after hours and just shoot out the front oh, door. Oh, they shoot the theater. Yeah. yeah, it's a message. You know, they're sending a message. They don't want. They don't want. They don't think that movie should be played. So, you know, no, nobody should right. see it. You're right. My, uh, you know what? I everyone should just stop having. It's why. That's why there's only one point three three kids per babies per uh, uh, woman. No one wants to have kids anymore. Well, it's economics. It's safety. It's world affairs. A lot. Listen, talk to these young people. There's a lot that claim they're not going to have kids i know i have uh, they don't want to bring kids into this world well i don't know if that's what they say is that what they say well i've heard that yes on many counts it's sad but do you have i don't know about your uh dan how many grand nieces and nephews do you have uh one who's is that tommy's one one grand grand niece yeah grand niece like that's what i'm talking about so my brother's daughter's Got a son, so that would be one, right? Okay, and Freddie, how many do you have? No, I'm... what is the question? 
Okay, so this is my brother's daughter's kids. I have, I have, okay. I have now four grand nieces and nephews. Actually, oh, okay. all, actually, all grand nephews so far. So children of nieces and nephews. Yes, sir. I would have four, six, eight, eight. Well, that's certainly part of the aging process because I remember uh, this particular niece who's given birth last night, Amy. I was in Calgary with ex-wife Randy the night that she was born. We were there visiting over the Christmas vacation, and I think she was born on like Boxing Day or something. So that's the you know time passages. And so far, it's strange because my brothers and I, there's three of us in our family, as you know, and between us, we have six daughters. And a, and a son, and now all the children so far have had sons, mm. <laughs> which is weird. Uh, anyway, it's all part of the uh, circle of life, Dan. The circle of life, the wheel of life. The, uh, oh, the it keeps it keeps spinning. Yeah. I was uh, I was going to mention something that uh, Lisa's mom, who's uh, eighty, was listening to the show yesterday. You know where we lost her? The uh, oh. At the uh, kind of the very very beginning, <laughs> I was gonna. Oh, right. I'm wondering I know when 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 right. during cock phase. No, no, we lost her during uh, <clears throat> the talk of uh, right after the Ozempic and uh, the whole uh, diarrhea thing, and that was enough. Wait, oh, was what it? was that? We we didn't lose. Wait, we didn't lose her at cock phase, but we lost her at diarrhea. Well, that's a show. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of our shows. I thought so. you were going to say when I asked you if you ever wake up with your cock in your mouth. I right, there was that. I did it? Yeah, I think she may have missed that. She was so I proud think she, of herself. That's when she laughed. No, <laughs> and she loved that part. She was, but so you know what? If she, if she didn't hear it, Dan, why don't you? Cl- you know, I'll, I'll edit that and send it to you if you like. <laughs> Great. Yeah, uh, she was so proud of herself because she found uh, found it live on Facebook Live or whatever. Mm. So. Isn't that <clears> that's so sweet. Lisa's sister lives in Turks and Caicos and lives and, and listens to the first uh, part of the show before she goes to work on Facebook. Yeah, so. when did we lose her yesterday? Uh, same, same, same place. <laughs> same place. Yeah, it was diarrhea, think, really? Around yeah. diarrhea. You never yeah. know, Freddie. Well, diarrhea. What's the big deal with diarrhea? We all have it. We all get it. <laughs> we don't all late. wake up with cocks in hey. our mouth. <laughs> you, you know, I, I find it humorous that you ask questions like that. What's the big? You and I have a different. We have a different tolerance for content than most people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I was very impressed that she uh, took the time yeah. to. Uh, well, that is very nice. See if she could enjoy the show for a little bit. Well, so you know what you could do, Dan. You have editing software. You could take the show every day and just edit out all the cock face, cock and mouth, diarrhea, farts. You know, <laughs> and you send her about ten minutes. <laughs> yes, send yeah. her a ten minute clip. Yeah. You know, yesterday when I went upstairs, Delise said, what were you laughing about? This was towards the end of the show, remember, with the eclipse thing and about oh, jerk yeah. it off and jerk it off while you're watching the eclipse. <laughs> I just found that very, very funny. And she said, what were you laughing at? I said, oh, something on the show. And she said, what? And I said, nah, you don't want to know. And she said, oh, something disgusting. And I said, well, it all depends, you know. But there, you, when we were on terrestrial radio, like she had the show on every morning and loved all the bits, you know, that we did and the camaraderie and the discussions. But she does not listen to this show anymore at all. And uh, and that's part of the reason she doesn't. The subject matter we might 
have from time to time now? She, she doesn't think it's becoming of her husband to be having these discussions, so she just shuts it out of her life. Well, that's great. Which is yeah. fine. I mean, it's a bit disappointing, but... Well, but I didn't I mean, even want to tell her. Like, how would I explain that? Oh, doll, it was this funny bit about the eclipse, right? Well, yeah, but the thing is, sometimes when, when it comes, when, when it's my bit or when it's like when I drive yeah. the bit, she doesn't seem to mind as much as when no. you drive the bit. So if you had said, so right. Howie was like, yeah, he thought you'd jerk off in the welder's mask. <laughs> I mean, she might say, oh, that Howard is so clever. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, for years and years and years, I think she may say it, people, when they look at what an odd couple we are, her being so beautiful and me being so repulsive. Um, she used to say, well, what did you see in French? She says, oh, he was funny. But I, I don't know if that holds anymore. <laughs> the funny thing, I think the that best before date ran out of Well, now it's just, <laughs> now it's just, she's, she's too tired to get rid of you. <laughs> she can't be bothered. Um, mm-hmm. All right, Dan, listen, it's been way too long and uh, we've done way too much show before the show. So here we have, uh, once again, uh, very professional Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped Brampton facilities with a worldwide sports portal and from Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Four on One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who know it's only 14 days until Valentine's Day and can't wait to model their sexy H&F brand underwear. It's see-through and comes with a full-body privacy cover. It's Humble and Fred. Dan Duran, Dan Duran is here. Dan Duran and uh, email Thursday is what we're doing so really it's just a lot of talk no direction by the way Dan do you have to say black sticks can't you just say sticks yeah I can do that I can, I'll change that yeah, right, right. I don't understand like you know because Fred and I don't see color no, we're so we woke we just see human beings and in this case if you don't uh, you're not watching us on Facebook Dan Duran's got some of these and I've got, you know what I got them in my house. Rachel brought them in. They're still there. They're just these sticks that you put in a vase, and I have them in my dining area, and uh, they're just there. It's like a thing. I have some in my shitter right here, right across. You got the some room. in the shitter. Yeah, in the corner. There's this big metal what? vase with those sticks. And <laughs> what you, as simple. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you put them? In, what are they in the shitter for? In case you can't get one out, you have to use, use, use <laughs> Jimmy out some extra poop. <laughs> How's that not on on brand? No, it's poop on a stick. Sometimes I get poop on a stick. (laughs) And I chase the grandkids with it. Poop on a stick. That's what I I can't wait for you to tell Doll about this bit. (laughs) (laughs) So you got sticks on the you got sticks in the shitter. Well that's fashionable. You guys well you're listen. I was at your house recently and your place is just just looks great. Always looks great. Well, thank you. Um, isn't it funny, though, how simple the sticks in a vase thing, how simple it is, yet how attractive it is. It's, uh, there's something about it. I like it. It uh, creates a vibe, a feel, which is very nice. Brings the and I, outside and I'm not kidding. in. I'm, I'm serious, huh? Brings the outside in is what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what it is, it's for people... 
because it's one of those things that's evolved over time. And I'm certainly the last one to ever comment on interior decorating. You've seen how I live, but, but I will say, I understand the, the motivation of it is because taking care of a plant, bringing the outside in became too much for people in their busy daily lives. So they thought, okay, what can we do that gives the feel of a plant without any of the upkeep first thing first yeah. we went to fake plants which i think for the most part look like shit but i don't again mm-hmm. i don't who am i to say and then they went to sticks in a vase which and again in dan's case because he's uh, somewhat racist black sticks in a vase mm-hmm. um i couldn't even tell you the color of my sticks in a vase dan that's how open i am but anyway well there's there's white sticks too there's lots of white sticks of course there. there are well the, yeah. the white sticks you know were the ones that brought the black sticks over here <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! They took them out of their oh, yes. homes, mm-hmm. and at first, they didn't even pay. They, at first, they didn't even pay the black sticks. They had to make them work for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now, no, you're to be commended too, because a lot of people, Dan, would not even wouldn't even think of having black sticks in their home. I remember in not 2008, I got very emotional when one of the black sticks became president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So now we all have may sticks I make a, in the May I make a uh, technical suggestion that that uh, your microphone, Howard, that you uh, turn it just a little bit towards you? Uh, I think the... Uh, Why, what are you getting? You're not getting enough of my big voice? You're off, off axis is what I'm worried ah, about. Ah, off axis. The, the front, front of the microphone, I'm not sure, is pointing at you. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. How's that? Oh, a lot better. There I am. There's the big voice. Well, anyway... Uh, so here we are, lots of stuff to get to, a newborn child in my family. Well, that's wonderful. And um, here in Mexico, uh, probably the most, I've been here, I don't know, four or five days, and I will tell you, the most pleasant, and I'm, I, I'm okay sharing this, because I know the, the, the weather in Toronto has been pretty pleasant this week, too, but as opposed to, I know it's winter, but I've never been here at this time of the year, and the weather's been very pleasant, very livable, not super hot and, and humid. And uh, and you're just a few days, so this is your last day before you start traveling again. Yeah, midweek next week. Yes, and hopefully Off. Dan Duran, as soon as he uh, can confirm with his director of some play he's involved in a reading. It's not even a play; it's actually a play reading. We'll find out if Dan Duran, the great Dan Duran, is going to travel to Mexico mm. and delight yes. the Mexicans. Yeah. Was, is there an update on that? Did you finally get a hold of this woman who's been avoiding you? Uh, no, I, I, I called and uh, her number's blocked. So I, <laughs> no, I, your, your number I, is my, blocked. My, explain my explain blocked. to everyone yeah. why your number is blocked on this woman's phone. <laughs> At one point, she didn't know who I was when I was calling her, and they, they've had so many uh, calls from, you know, call centers and spam calls and stuff that she right. just started, you know, blocking them because I guess she has one of these phone answering machines that can do that but she doesn't know how to unblock it so she thought she had it figured out the last time i had a, a round with this but it, i just gave up on it yesterday so i will see if i can uh, find her uh, cell phone does she have that an way. email dan it's very simple no no i started out with an email but she hasn't responded to that so mm. maybe it's not going there mm. Maybe I'll use Lisa's phone and call it. That's what I'll do. <laughs> what I say? I offered to Dan. I just thought he would turn it down, but looks like he wants to. What do I do? What do I do? Now I feel weird. He keeps calling me. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, speaking of travel, can you guys answer this? Um, next week when I 
depart. I'm going to have a suitcase with all my clothes. I'm going to have a carry-on suitcase with all my equipment. Is that all you're allowed? Well, plus I have this little bag of bocce balls. Can I take that as well? Or would that count as a second carry-on? Well, you want to? I, I can. I have the answer. But Dan, what do you think? Well, I think they, that you're you're allowed a purse or something and uh, oh. and a carry-on, right? So, t- so, well, that's it. So your carry-on is the equipment. Yes, and the bocce balls would be like I like I I when I travel sometimes if I have a carry-on I have a carry-on and a knapsack. Which oh, is kind of okay. like okay, so I yeah. can just sw- uh, it does have a strap. I can just sling that over my shoulder, absolutely, like it's a, like it's a money belt or something or uh, but as, but as far as putting the equipment in a carry on, like I am not that I'm nervous is the wrong word. I'm always a bit cautious about where I store that stuff because I usually store the the mixing board in my luggage, which gets checked, and the microphone usually goes in or not the microphone the uh, the stand and a bunch of cords usually go in my golf bag i can sort of pack it in around there i I just like to keep cords away from my carry-on because i have been i've been stopped where people because when it goes through the x-ray machine that oh yeah it it looks a little bit suspicious i get it there's a lot of cords and wires and stuff oh no i've been asked a few times absolutely i don't mind i just like having it at hand because if that ever got lost be screwed can you imagine i get down to the dominican republic and i have no equipment jesus what would I do? Well, we could I figure something, something out. I mean, we'd fly well, something down to. Yeah, I guess. We just FedEx some microphone, a microphone, and a, and a board overnight. Yeah, there's all. I I realize there's always a solution. I, but <laughs> Jesus. I, it's still, it's still, it it you know, concerns me if I was in that situation. I don't like it when you're upset. <laughs> I wonder if, if they'll let. I wonder if they'll let bocce balls through though. There's another good question. Um, they did in 2020, but it was my only carry-on. The guy said, what is this? I said, it's bocce balls. Figure it out. Oh, and, is that uh, what you said? Tough guy? Yeah, and they let it through, <laughs> yeah. You say, figure it out, and then you threw a ball at his dick? Because <laughs> they could be considered weapons. Absolutely. Right. right. Or just irritating when you're playing on the plane. It's like, <laughs> very good. That's right. You could irritate the other passengers as balls keep rolling under their seats. <laughs> fucking right. Yeah. Fucking Dan Duran for the win today. Got to count, count and accounting it. Is, That's you know, a touch. You know it's done. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. You know, I'm, I, we've talked about this before, but not for a while. You know, if, if, I don't know how many years ago some guy got on the plane shortly after 9-11 when we were all freaking out about it. He got on the plane with a firecracker in his shoe. Mm-hmm. And for 23 years, we've all been taking off our shoes, except for those of us that have Nexus. Mm-hmm. Do you have Nexus, Dan? No, I don't. I haven't been traveling as much as you guys. If I was, I would probably do the Nexus, but I never got around. But the Nexus line is the only one where they don't make you take off your shoes. And, Dan, they don't make you take your computer out of your or your laptop out of your computer bag. Oh, they don't. Do, oh, that speeds things up. And if you're really, if it's really not too busy, they'll give you a freezy. They have them there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, there's a new system at the airport. It works pretty good, almost as quick as Nexus. You go online and you make an appointment to go through um, security. It's uh, pretty, yeah, like you pre 
security and then there's a separate line and you go to that line at a specific time like say 640 is your thing you show up at 640 the woman's there they go through your ship stuff quickly and just run you through the line it's uh i forget what it's called but our crew used it when we went to the dominican last time i used nexus but they used it and it was pretty good and coming back you know um what do you call it again the uh what was the app that was developed during uh arrive can arrive arrive can you use that now for when you return and it really expediates stuff as well um, you're saying you, that you do think that's faster than you say it's similar to Nexus. Because when I came back in the fall, like, again, you come off a plane and there's a thousand people over here. And then there's the Nexus line here. It's quite something. Well, when I got back from um, Dominican, the big group that was with us, none of them had Nexus. And we all got through at the same time because they had done this pre thing through Arrive Can. And same thing, you just go up and then quickly hit a couple of buttons and and you're through. Nice. Um, I I was, you know, it's one of those things too. Well, don't don't mention it on the show because if everybody starts doing it, then it won't be fast. But I wish we had that kind of influence. I really do. (laughs) Here's an interesting story, if I may use the word. We point out all sorts of times on the show, you'll say something, I'll say something that will tweak something you were going to say, etc. And I saw a story, uh, this kind of story that would drive Dan nuts. And I had sort of read it and thought, well, I don't know if we'll get, have time for it because it was just one sentence. Dan, you'll love this. The, they, it was revealed this week under the headline of government waste that the people, that um, the company, whatever, that developed the Arrive Can app Charging, of course, whatever they charge, overcharge the government. 70% of the people that worked on it were found to have done zero, have done literally nothing, but but were being paid. 70% of the people working on that app for the government did squat. Wow. I know. Really? I knew you'd love that. Why is that? Because fucking people are shitty. No, no, but how does... How does that happen? I mean, from the government standpoint, how do you allow that to happen? How is there no checks and balances? Like, like I, I, well, I think the, I'm, it would probably be a Dan. Wouldn't it be an independent contractor? It's not like a government office did it. It was somebody developing it for the government. Yeah, I'd, I'd say because the government doesn't have the resources uh, in their specialty. In that I'd, I'd say fifty-two million is a lot of money because I think that's how much they paid for it. But yeah. Uh, <sighs> But I never know because you you just don't like all the languages and everything else that you have to compensate for when you're building a government app. It has sure. to include everyone, so it, the cost can be a lot higher than it would be in a private situation. But uh, that's ridiculous, though, that they would. Well, how do they find out? I, I don't know. I guess they just it was revealed in some kind I, of uh, auditor's report that. Oh, I think I know. Because they spent $52, 54000000 million on it. There's all sorts of companies that have scrutinized this and said they can't imagine why it would be that much. They could have done it for half the price. And I think probably they did the research. So they go back over and go, well, wait a minute. You put an app like this together, there's this, 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 and that. What, what, how could it balloon to that price? 
And I think the price ballooned like the, you know, it's another one of those government things. Okay, we'll do it for 25 million. But by the time it's done, it's 50 million. Mm hmm. You keep reporting overrides or it's costing more, and the government just wants to get it done, so they keep signing off on it, where a private company wouldn't do that. It, it is. It's, why does well, it have there to is be w- that way? There is waste in private companies as well. I oh, mean, of course there is. Especially, especially that what you're talking about is that, that along the timeline, they're trying to get it done fast, and anybody makes any change whatsoever, all of a sudden, everything has to get... It's not like, oh, just can you make a small change, and then it's not really small. Well, it, it would, I agree with that. you, Dan. I agree with you to this point, and, and where I don't agree with you is in a private company selling to another private company you don't get to inflate it two and three times what you right. quoted to True. It. you can get yeah. listen um i was talking to uh my neighbor he he's in a development right he's, he does development apps for companies we, and, and he was telling me i said well what was the budget and how long will it take we were talking about him developing this software for a company he couldn't go back to them six months ago oh, by the way we quoted you this but it's going to be three times that because that, that doesn't work mm-hmm. that way in the real world no. but in the government world mm-hmm. uh where i think a lot of people and fred's you're saying well how, why does this happen i think it's because of that because they know they can gouge the government Mm-hmm. And make it more expensive. You know, and things now have all everywhere have become so political. I've been following this story. Have you ever been to a service Ontario? Yes. They have lim- they have limited hours. They have huge lineups. You've got to go to a specific location. So now the Ontario government has come up with this thing. They're going to franchise some out to Staples, and they'll stay open till nine and be open on Saturday and make it more convenient for people. To go there. And I just the backlash on this, it, it's just amazing. And you know, only because it's Doug Ford's idea. People immediately hate it. But I look at it from every angle. I think, well, that makes sense. A lot of people, business people, you know, are in Staples buying other things. Happens to be a service Ontario. I'll get this done while I'm here. It's open till 9 or 10 at night where the other one closes like at 4.30. It's not open Saturday, service Ontario, but this one will be. It's like, wow. You know, we need new ideas. We need to revolutionize some of this governmental stuff. And when they do it, it's like the reaction is. Well, they've already they've already done it. I mean, there's like like in Millbrook, the Service Ontario booth is in a drugstore. It's a little tiny town next to Peterborough. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's been done. And and I always Mm -hmm. go there because there's Mm -hmm. no line. line I I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. But uh, having said it's a great idea, I'm lucky because, you know, we're lucky because we can go in off hours and we don't work during the day. And the Service Ontario that I go to, which is in that sketchy Sobeys Mall, Dan. Right. um, It's great. Mm-hmm. And, and they do a great job. And if you're, you know, you, but I think it's a great idea. Have it in Staples. Why not? What would be, what would be the backlash to that? Well, because it came from Doug Ford. That's a lot of it. And there's a lot of that goes on and vice versa. If it was the other way, it would just, you'd just, if you're not, if you don't have that political stripe, it's their idea. You don't like it, you know, but it is the same way with, uh, you know, the LCBO and uh, beer agency stores, how convenient that's become. Right. You know, up near us, there's little convenient general stores that uh, they don't have a wide selection of booze and beer, but at least it's there. It's really convenient. It's a great idea. And again, that got some backlash, too, when they first proposed it. But, uh, you know, we got to change the systems. There's a lot of people, right? And budgets are tight and you got to figure out new ways of doing things.
As long as there's a contact point in Service Ontario, because they kind of like it's a one-stop shopping idea, but if you run into an issue, then you then if, if you have people that are not really adept at the bureaucracy of Ontario, you can end up in some long, you know, drawn-out, wasteful... You know processes like you, they, they don't. People may not know what's going on within the government because it's you know it's now it's agency out. I mean there is that that possibility. Sure, there's always so the, pros and cons and drawbacks and yeah, no doubt. Yeah, well I listen. I haven't had to you know spend much time in those what do you call them the country beer stores and such but i you know i but i've been saying for years how immature it is that we haven't mm-hmm. had those and all these other provinces you know i came here from quebec in uh, 1989 already in quebec you could buy beer or, or beer and wine in a, in a corner store it's funny how lazy you get though howard like you know where the trailer is the tin palace it used to be you would have to drive to lakefield to get beer or liquor <laughs> Which is about a 15 to 20 minute drive, whatever. And then these two agency stores, one in Young's Point and one in Woodview, I think it is. They open there about five minutes, six minutes each way. Yeah. And then, and I'm thinking, oh, that's convenient. But then there was rumors that right in Burley Falls, the former trading post, they were become going to become an agency store. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's great. I won't have to go as far as like. I agree with you, Fred. It's exactly the way. I just go to Fred's, though. Yeah, well, oh, we no, know no. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the most convenient store. Uh, Dan, every, when, when you wake up every morning, do you have a wood view? <laughs> By the way, so we got to start the show officially. Yeah. I mean, we've started. This is the show. I, uh, and, and, and I just have to read this because it made me laugh. It's uh, a friend of mine who um, has Tourette's, and uh, he put a... Uh, really? A, a picture, yeah, I've got a friend. Well, and uh, he put a picture of a guy wearing a T-shirt, and the T-shirt I think is very funny, but it's going to it's going to include an offensive word, so just get ready for it, okay, everybody? And the guy's wearing a T-shirt that says, "What do we want? A cure for Tourette's? When do we want it? Cunt." <laughs> oh, that's funny. See, Dan, there's. I wish I had a friend with Tourette's. Oh, it's the best. Except that no, except the problem is he doesn't swear. He just makes a noise. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What is that? What I'd do rather you mean? not. I'd rather not say. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> no, he just whistles. He just whistles. And uh, you, you know, I've known the guy for a long time, like over twelve years, and it just becomes. You don't even notice it, really. I mean, you notice it, but you don't. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's that guy with Tourette's. He whistles. What do you mean? Just like in response to things? No, nope. just walks around. Like, you know, oh, but Tourette's people that yeah. swearing or whatever—it's not. They don't mm-hmm. just swear. They have a, they're, they're called ticks, and they have a, okay. it's their brain. Their brain firing, ticking, mm-hmm. it's called. And some people's ticks is to swear or say inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. And my friend's tick is just to whistle. And, and depending on the situation, you can be with him. You know, we can you can golf an entire round and, and not hear it very much, and then you know it's like if it's, it's like somebody's you know, gets excited or is trying to make a point, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, wow, yeah, I, it's what, funny. What? I, when I first met him, I was like, um, I wasn't sure what was because it's like, what, are you are you whistling for some reason? And then eventually, you're like, yeah, oh, that's just how he does it. So, what kind of whistling is it? Like a or is yeah, it like three basically, yeah, just kind of like that. 
That's yeah. wild. It is wild. And, you know, for the, I, I, no one makes fun of him because it's kind of like, you know, it's like, that's just him. Yeah, like, yeah, make fun of him. But I maybe mean, you know, at the beginning, you might have some fun with it. But after a while, yeah. If it's just the norm with the poor guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you still make fun of him? I never did. Oh, okay. Uh, to be, I'll be honest with you, is is. He's pretty. When I was sort of told when I met this group that he had, that I asked somebody why is he making that noise, and they said this is the reason, and they said you know he's not really, he doesn't really like, he's a bit sensitive about it. So I'm like, oh fuck, there's okay. so much, there's yeah. so much other stuff to make fun of him about. This isn't. I'll just leave this alone. <laughs> yeah, and I'll make fun is it? I know what you're like too, but you've. You've acknowledged it, haven't you, or asked absolutely. him about it? You, you absolutely asked him about it. Right. That's, yeah, that's okay. how I know how it affects him because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty, I'm in a circle of golfers with this guy in a pretty constant basis. Yeah, of course I've asked him about mm-hmm. it, and, and I know right. I know what bothers him, and I know it bothers him. Uh, he's self-conscious about it to a point, but he's a great guy, and uh, yeah, but he whistles. <laughs> I know if I had Tourette's, or you and I I think if you and I had Tourette's our luck would be that our tick would be we'd just fart <laughs> we'd just constantly yeah. be farting well I, maybe that's maybe that's what we have we have fart Tourette's maybe yeah I know Dougie the dog does Jesus uh, we haven't talked about that Dan I went over the uh-huh. Freddy's last Friday to pick up some equipment before I came here and I s- was there for I don't know maybe if I was there half an hour I was on that floor for a half an hour with that dog, just playing with it and hanging with it. It's just, have you met Dougie yet? Yeah, I know I have, yeah. It's something Dougie else. used to play with Clifford all the time. It was, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Great dog. Yeah, he's just a sweetie. But man, the farts last night were, oh, by the way, we watched Barbie last night. It was all right. Yeah, I watched it all. Um, Pretty clever, though. Yeah. You know, all right. Will yeah, Ferrell and all that stuff. Ryan Gosling yeah. and uh, the woman funny. that directed it. She does a good job. She's a big time director. Yeah. I thought, uh, you know, it m- might be one of those where I'd give up. But I didn't. Dahl liked it probably more than I did. Um, but he's laying across Delise, the dog, Dougie. And holy Christ, blowing them at me. Like, it's just something. And then we had a little bit of a debate or argument whether mine have ever been as bad as that. I I maintain there's no way. No, I have never let a fart that that smells that bad. No way. You tell Doll that I, said I probably you. have. No, pardon. I tell you, tell Doll I agree with you because I had my Boston uh, Stanley when he was yeah. when he was Dougie's age. It's not as bad now, but they're legendary. And he Stan could clear the room. I've never never smelled anything yeah. like it. Like it's something else. It's like almost gaggy. Yeah, it was that brutal last night, and I don't know what it was. We I got him these little dry treats that he likes, and he eats his good food. But my God, and you know the theory, and you uh, you were the one that told me this. Just the way their noses are structured, right? They're taking in more air all the time, or something. That's it, which creates this this gas or air within their system my god but they do grow out of it as i told you guys like stan you know and again you 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 must remember in our studio stan would fart yes it it, it was up until we came to uh the queensway Mm -hmm. and then his they start to get their stomachs mature um by the way speaking of watching things i was going to run this by you guys before dan leaves and we have to do emails but uh i watched episode two now of masters of the air Daniel, yeah. 
I'm halfway through it. First of all, obviously, I love the flying. It's just, it's just insane, these old planes. And then I watched a, a, Net, I watched a Netflix documentary last night for about 20 minutes called Lancaster. It's about the Lancaster bombers from uh, the RAF in England. Amazing. Same, similar style planes. But one thing I will say about Masters of the Air, having just watched Band of Brothers, for me, the story, the, the characters and in the interact, I don't think it's as good. Like the 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 thread that runs through the squadron that you're following doesn't seem as real as the one in Band of Brothers where at the in beginning of each episode you met the real men that they were chronicling and then you got to see their story in that episode. But uh, I don't know. To me, the story is a little bit... It wouldn't grab me if it wasn't about aeroplanes. Right. Your thoughts, Daniel? Well, I'm giving it... Uh I mean, I really enjoy the. So far, I've really enjoyed it because of the time, yes. you know, the time of, of uh, you know, our pop culture. You know, the the what they listen to, the, the, just the old, the old equipment that they used for everything. It was just you know that time they they've done that really really well, and the, the special effects are just just accurate. It just seems like they've spent so much time on that. So I'm enjoying all of that so far. Um, so I don't, I'm, I, it's only two episodes in. What is it? Ten episode arc or is it an eight? Eight? Do you know? It's something like that. Yeah. So I'm willing to uh, keep going with it. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, that's a good show. Started. We we got lots of show to go. Dan Duran, of course, will go and uh, work on. Uh, he'll go into the uh, Humble and Fred uh, newsroom. Yeah. Work on the news. He'll be back. Uh, any uh, teasers, Dan? Any idea? Uh, I've got a couple ideas, and I just am not prepared to uh, commit at this point. I should. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, I, here's what I promise. Today, a 99-year-old woman has broken a, a swimming record, and I will reveal the details. All right. Thank you, cub reporters. All right. Hey, you gotta. You mentioned Stan. Well, you gotta have a plan, Stan, and uh, that's the word we get from you know the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund, uh, Sherpa too. Jay Bondy was on the show yesterday and talked about you know getting out of the starting blocks, developing a plan with guidance, uh, determining what you want out of retirement. Uh, things you might want to do, the things you might want to buy, where you want to live, all those things. How much money do you need? Well, you need that plan. And to develop such a plan, you need people like the Retirement Sherpa or Jay Bondi. goes without saying. And uh, again, Jay was on the show yesterday. He talked about starting that plan, and I think he will continue that storyline, so to speak, next week. Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. And Howard, specifically, how to get a, a, a hold of, of, of Jay Bondi? Uh, Bondi at RaymondJames.ca. There you go. And uh, speaking of uh, making plans, and not just for Nigel, making plans for re- redoing. No, that's not the word I wanted to use. For re. You know, for getting your mortgage. <laughs> if you're, you know. Renegotiating. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Just want everyone to know I woke up 20 minutes before the show today. 
Okay? I'm just getting started. Mike Kazarian from Lender's Choice Mortgage. He's an owner, broker, and an independently owned and operated member of the Mortgage Alliance, License 13582. Why is that important to you? Because what they do differently than banks, as you've heard by now, is they don't just give you one option. They give you 75. They are working with all kinds of different options to make this make the most sense for you as far as achieving your goals, which I'm sure the goals are universal. You want to pay as little as you can if you have to renegotiate your mortgage like one of millions of Canadians this year. They work with banks, credit unions, alternative lenders, private lenders. They'll find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs and why not at least have a conversation. They've spent a long time in this space, in the mortgage space, and they will give you the best advice to suit your short and long-term goals. How you get a hold of them? Lenderschoice.ca. That's Lenderschoice.ca. Mike Kazarian. And you've already heard what a good guy he is. And uh, we'll certainly help you out. Right on. He is a good guy. Yeah, he's a tell. good kid, man. He's very he's a very sweet guy. And his wife has been on our show years ago. She's a musician. You know, I, I just reveal, you know, I haven't slept in. I mean, I didn't miss the show, but man... That reminded me of just over the years we did broadcasting when we were real broadcasters. How many shows between the shows we did together and the shows we've done as independent broadcasters? How few times in our careers have we ever slept in? I know for some reason I think it came up in the fall, but really, honestly, on a handful of times I can remember you being late or me. I don't know that I've ever missed maybe once the beginning of the show at 5.30. But it's pretty rare yeah. we'd, that we would sleep in. Yeah, I never, ever missed... I was late getting there, but never missed... What was my first sportscast? 5.30, I think? Yeah, 5.30. One. Yeah, so, yeah, I never missed one. I think I dashed in the door a couple of times at 5.20 or 5.25 or whatever, and you put your ad-libbing skills to, to work in those situations... But, uh, yeah, I don't know that I ever missed the I've never missed the entire show, obviously. But I, I remember even being when we were at Young and uh, Shooter waking up in Oakville at like five and getting there, like maybe not getting there for the start of the show or maybe quarter to five. Because yeah. yeah. normally for me, I used to wake up at three thirty, three forty five, four, something like that today. So now that we do the show starting at seven thirty on Facebook. I usually wake up, I'm awake by quarter to six, you know, something like that. Today, I woke up, it was a minute to seven o'clock, and I text you, I'm like, I'm going to need a few minutes. But I had most of the stuff for today prepared, prepared anyway, prepared, prepared, and uh, yeah, just a weird feeling. Yeah, I remember the last one, I think, Young and Dundas. I woke up and looked at the clock, and I couldn't believe it. What? That can't be. But I figured it out that I had enough time to get there. And I remember being on the phone and I guess maybe Shwarma or Bob or whatever saying, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Have that ready when I get there. And I did. And I wheeled the car around in front of the studio in Young and Dundas. And I think, again, Shwarma or Bob parked it for me. But I just pulled up in front and got out of the car, went into the studio. One of those guys parked it for me. And... Uh, it was all right. I made the five thirty uh, sportscast, and you you had to 
I'm not sure if it actually started at 5.30 because the song ended. We went into news. At, at the, we started with the news, yeah. and so you would have had like till 5.36. But you yeah, talked, you like talked before yeah. I did because I didn't yes. backsell that song. I didn't no. start talking until you were finished your sports. So right. I could probably, I probably got there probably like 5.40 at some point and started talking. Uh, anyway, that's why yeah. uh, I was just mentioning that because uh, I did. I just I slept in and, and ended up having a, a fantastic sleep, I must say. So uh, we have, what I did, I scrambled to send uh, emails to you, but it has been done and so let's get it done. Uh, let me get rid of that uh, because once again, our listeners respond to many of the things we hammer about in this program. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Off the top here, the subject is car rental from Kevin House. Kevin House. That's a new name to me. Is it to you? Kevin House? Uh, it is. I wasn't, uh, I'm sure, I may, maybe Kevin's emailed before, but it's been a while and we're old, so how would we know? It starts. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Oh, sorry. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, sorry, we played that part already. Yes, go ahead. And uh, Kevin says, uh, pay for the car rental with your Canadian credit card and you are covered. I rode off a car in the Barbados. Um, They drive on the wrong side of the road there. I guess that's the explanation of how he wrote it off. Anyway, he said, covered by my credit card 100%. Out of pocket, zero. Just saying. Um, Which is great, but I don't think it's that simple. I think it depends on the country, the situation, like... Uh, and I think you can attest to that, right? Yes. Barbados might be one of those countries where your credit card, they've determined their insurance system, their road laws or whatever. They can, they feel confident in covering you, but it, it changes from country to country. Yeah, I would just say, no, I, again, I haven't heard back from this person that corresponded with me yesterday. I responded to them and I don't know. Well, I'm going to send him another email today. But I'll just say this. I learned a good lesson. You know, I should have. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I could have done differently other than to say, when you come to Mexico, things are definitely different. And uh, but thanks, Kevin. We certainly appreciate you checking in. Hi, guys. This is uh, subject line Dan's career opportunities. This is from Jim C. Jim says, of course, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, because he's not an animal. Hate to gang up on old Dan, but this week you missed a couple of prime opportunities to do just that. Earlier when speaking of his potential face disfigurement and you uh, spoke about graphing, <laughs> you spoke about graphing his dick as his nose. Well, that could have put him in line to star as Danny Durante in the Jimmy Durante story. And for you younger people, Jimmy Durant was a, or Durant was an old I guess, movie star, television star. Uh, on Wednesday's show, Dan told us about his foray into sports theater, and all I could think about was, uh, wouldn't Dan be great as a reoccurring character on Shorzy, maybe as an old grizzled veteran, kind of like Gordie Howe, but instead of Mr. Hockey, he would be Mr. Cocky. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, th- thank you, Jim. I- I'm uh, laughing for a couple reasons, because it's very clever. Thanks, Jim. But also, I wonder if whoever Jim's partner is, Saying, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just writing a letter to an email to Humble and Fred about a character they have and graphing a cock onto his nose. Mm-hmm. And Jim signs it, uh, resting heart rate steady. Poops are solid. And Jim, we thank you for your correspondence. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, the subject line here, why have African-American players disappeared in Major League Baseball? The other day, 
Howard, you um, introduced the subject of um, the dominance of uh, African American uh, African American players in the NFL and the reasons behind that. Anyway, Stephen Lewis contributes this morning. Uh, he says hi, guys. Hi, guys. And he uh, includes an article from Forbes magazine about the trend in baseball, how African-American players are diminishing in in baseball. And that and we're talking about African-American. We're not talking about black players per se, because it's being dominated by, you know, uh, Latin American countries, Caribbean countries, you know, Dominicans, whatever. Um are the biggest numbers now, are the biggest influence, the biggest takeover mm-hmm. of Major League Baseball, uh, which has been going on for some time. So Stephen sent that along. Uh, the article, which I may, maybe we could share on our Facebook page or whatever from Forbes magazine. Now, he sent another one. Did you want me to deal with that now? Well, yeah, just, that's why I sent the both of them. It's kind of a combo because it's a follow-up from Stephen on the same subject. Anyway, he writes some percentage of black players in sports, and he tags uh, something out of an an article that says, 25 years later, the percentage of black athletes and team owners has not changed much, with black people accounting for 70% of the NFL players, 81% of NBA players, and 8% of Major League Baseball players. I can't dispute that, but I, that's his point, that your point is unfounded? Well, or maybe it Saying hasn't. My, my point is founded only in that it hasn't changed much in a quarter century. It's been that way for a long time. It's, I guess, you know, him saying that, I guess, white, white families have taken their kids out of the, certainly the NFL mm-hmm. for some time now. Mm-hmm. I guess, because he says it hasn't changed in 25 years. What's really changed in the NFL is black quarterbacks, because when I was a kid, they were virtually non-existent. Warren Moon. Yeah, was sort of broke that barrier. Um, not completely. I think there was black quarterbacks before him, but he became the first sort of star black quarterback. And, you know, that's within our lifetime again because yep. the attitude was black guys couldn't quarterback oh, let's be honest that was the, the attitude. attitude was they weren't smart enough yeah that that was the prevailing thought how ridiculous that is but that was it and the positions changed too since we mm-hmm. were kids like you know i grew up watching ronnie lancaster and who was the dude in ottawa hall of fame cfl quarterback russ jackson Mm-hmm. You know, those guys, first of all, there was no snap from the shotgun. I didn't even see that as a kid. It's just all from scrimmage. And those guys mm-hmm. didn't really move around much. They took a step back and threw it. So the position has changed, which is why black athletes and black quarterbacks excel at it now, because it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a much different position. But think mm-hmm. about what he, what he said, 80%. If 80% of the NFL players are African-American, on any given time on the field out of 22 players, that's, that's four, only mm-hmm. four or four mm-hmm. and a half white players. Right. Right. Do you remember, uh, Howard, um, Ronnie Lancaster, his nickname? Little General. The Little General. I also remember... What was his number? No, I, I don't remember. I was going to say... I, I know his remember. number. I, well, okay, I, I know George Reed's number was 34. Uh-huh. And I think Lancaster's number was 23. 
That's it. You got her. Crazy, eh? That's what it was. Um, but remember, a former boss of ours, we uh, started to nickname him the Little <laughs> General did. as well. That was your uh, nickname for him. <laughs> the Little General. <laughs> the Little General. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and isn't that crazy? I, I had a Spanish lesson last night from five until six. It was great. And, and lots of good. I, I, I you know, sort of learned a few things. And there was a couple words I learned last night that I couldn't tell you what they are today, but I could tell you fucking Ronnie Lancaster's jersey number. Oh, yeah. No, from 1968. You, you said that, and I just got this picture right, bang, right there of him wearing number 23. And um, listen, uh, do you, do you know, uh, Russ Jackson. Again, a lot of people listening probably don't even know who we're tar- talking about or have heard those names in passing, but... Russ Jackson was a Canadian and a great was the best quarterback in the CFL for years. You remember his number? I'm going to take a stab at it. I think it's number ten. No, oh, twelve. Ah, okay. I knew it was. I, I, but I do. I can see him wearing that helmet with the one, mm-hmm. like one yeah. guard on it. Bar. Yeah, yeah. One bar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, thanks uh, for uh, that little trip down uh, memory lane. Whoever started that, this uh, one is from Martin Lai, who does contribute to our program uh, quite quite a bit. Subject line, and this, and this, there were several emails about this when I brought up the gentleman who I, I met, somebody named Gail, like the wind. He says, hi, guys. Some Scottish men's names have become mostly identified as ladies' names. Beverly is a great example. I have a friend who, in his small town, he knows two other men named Bev. My brother is Leslie Adam, and named after my uncle, Les, but has always used Adam, born in Toronto in 1963. So there you have it. Because I, I think you brought up Leslie, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I, that was seemed to me more common than Gail. And mm-hmm. Beverly, Beverly is a man's name. I don't know that I've ever met a, a Beverly. But uh, good information here from Martin, who goes on to say bowel movements are regular without olive oil. Resting heart rate, 74. Coming up, do you have another one that deals with Gale? Yeah. Okay. I think I want to make a point through that one as well. Okay, back to me. Hold on a second. Do I have another one with Gale? Yes, I do. Okay, more TV watching is the subject line from Jim Kloss. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, more around your last Monday show when you were speaking about the brutal nature of football and remembering high school football days. I have great memories of playing, and I, too, am a Bills fan, but get so extremely frustrated by the NFL TV product. Not so much the Taylor Swift breaks, but the amount of stoppages in play and the ads. Uh Anyway, he goes on to say, I wanted to suggest watching Six Nations Rugby First Contact on Netflix. The same makers of the F1 series produce the show, and it's fantastic. I'm a rugby fan, coach and parent. My kids play in, uh, and son was on the Canadian under-18 team in nice. 2023. Fantastic. But I think this show will do uh, for international rugby what F1 uh, Drive to Survive did for auto racing. Really believe you guys will like it. 
it has a bit of a welcome to Wrexham feel as well. Hey, Fred, also, let, Freddie, let me just jump in quickly. The, uh, I'm, I, I haven't watched it in a few seasons, but apparently everyone's very excited about the new season of Drive to Survive. I believe it was just released this week. Yeah, I haven't seen a minute of it. i got to carve out some time for that. Uh, also, Fred, check out the podcast Sports Explains the World in the three episodes on the Mighty Bucks of Pine Ridge. North Carolina, fabulous minor, minor hockey story from the 80s. Very interesting. Cheers. Jim C. Heart rate still beating. Bowel movements stellar. Nice work. Um, okay. All good information. I, you know, I just want to mention about the stoppages in play. Forget Taylor Swift, although we, we should carve out some time for the right-wing Taylor Swift conspiracy, which... It's just bananas to me, but uh, maybe we get that, you know, when we finish the show in a political rant storm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't mind the stoppages in play too much. I do, again, we've wanked about this our whole lives. It would be fun to watch the American commercials because I'm pretty sick of the same Canadian ones. Again, you know, the the woman, the TV detective who can't see show keeps coming Mm -hmm. up every third break, but I don't know. Do you feel like it? interrupts play too much no as we spoke about we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or whatever to me it's the perfect tv game you know it, it's i just you know sometimes at night i'll sit down to watch a hockey game and i fall asleep or i get bored or whatever the whatever the deal is just football on sundays predominantly in the afternoon it just sits well with me. So, no, I really don't have any complaints. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I think it's a great TV sport, and uh, I'm fine with it, to be honest. And I had definitely a weird breakthrough. Like, I, I have followed the Bills casually for the last three years, more intently last year because it became something my future son-in-law and I do together. And this year, very intently, but this is the breakthrough I had. Because all those games I'd watched for the last three seasons were mainly Buffalo Bill games. In fact, all of them, except the Super Bowl. But this year, I have found just watching KC, and I watched the Lions game in the playoffs. I watched both games last Sunday. Even a team I'm not absolutely invested in, I can still enjoy the game. I I had no idea. Because the product is so similar. It's it's a weird... It's weird. It's like... Mm -hmm. If you like, I don't know. I, I, listen, I can barely get through a Leafs game in April. I couldn't. I could never watch another team. I couldn't watch. Couldn't watch a Montreal v Boston right now. If you kidnapped me, but I could watch a team that I really don't have much invested in. That Lions San Francisco playoff yeah. game was great. Yeah. How do you explain that? I only hope that I don't become impatient with the Buffalo Bills because that's my problem with the Leafs right now. The 82, all the, the playoff failures, and we've said it a million times, I've said it a million times, nothing means anything to me now until the playoffs arrive and they actually win playoff series. So this 82-game practice, I don't have any patience for it because it's like, please, okay, I've seen, the, yeah, rah, rah, rah. It means nothing. <laughs> and maybe the Bills now, you know, there's about three failures now in a row. It's going to get to the point where, Okay, here's the regular season, guys. You've got to win the big one. You've got to beat Kansas City. I'm hoping I don't get in that place with the Bills 
where I am with the Leafs. I, it's impatience. It's what does this mean? Yeah, I can see you that because you've been a Buffalo Bills fan much longer than I have. I mean, I've been in this market for a long time, and you know, I've, I've watched through the Flutie years, and then never watched another mm-hmm. game until Josh Allen came to town. Mm-hmm. That being said. I think, based on what I just mentioned, I think NFL product, the NFL product would keep you going anyway because it's a good product. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not going to, as opposed to the way that, you know, watching 82 Leaf games, the product ain't that good. No, especially theirs. It's so inconsistent. Yeah. Um, moving on now, this, I've got a very short email from one of our very, uh, well, part of the Humble and Fred family because... His server is where you find our podcast every day. We work with this company, Credible Goat. Hi, guys. He services the uh, gentleman, and uh, he doesn't say hi, guys, but I know he means hi, guys. He just has one line. He says, Fred's breast reduction surgery has rendered him chestitute. Sucking on it. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, since we were speaking of the NFL, I just got to read you this. Uh, one of our, uh, I think it's Michael... Michael Parker just uh, sent me something on Facebook, and it's from another friend of our show who used to produce the program, Eileen, who is very funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is her joke or she's reposted it, but it's a, it's a picture of a baby elephant. It's very mm-hmm. cute. And the caption is, elephants are born weighing 250 pounds. They are the biggest babies on earth, except for the people mad at Taylor Swift for being excited at a football game. <laughs> That's right. So uh, thank you, Eileen and Michael, and thank you, Ian Service. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. One comment guys. on the, and I'm quite serious here, the breast reduction surgery that I had in 2013, which was free. It was a bit on the podcast. The doctor performed it. I can't even remember his name now. Do you? Is that sad? No, but I, I, I can't remember his name, but I can remember his uniform number when he played for the Rough Riders. <laughs> uh, yeah, think yeah. about that. I will say, listen, didn't pay for it up front with that. But in total retrospect, now 13, no, 11 years later, whatever it is, how fantastic that was. For a guy that's conscious of their titties and it bothers you on some level, I think at the time the surgery to pay for it would have been $5,000. Yeah, something like that. Again, in retrospect, how worth it that would have been, even if I had paid for it. Because I know there's a lot of guys out there with tits that don't like them, and you think, what can I do about them? It's true. And I would just say, as somebody that has been able to enjoy the benefits over the past 11 years, you know, if you can come up with the dough, do it. <laughs> That's all. Well, that's, uh, yeah, very well said. And uh, I was there. I was one of them. Well, I've, mm-hmm. I've been in a couple of uh, breast surgeries, one reduction and one um, augmentation. Mm-hmm. And this doctor who knew I was, you know, interested in all things medicine, let me be in the surgical theater uh, while you were having a reduction. And I was there sucking out tit juice, like just like uh, one of the guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, was, I've, I've been actually in a couple of your surgeries. I was in, I was in your eye surgery. Mm-hmm. I was in your bed. No, I know surgery. They, it was this pink juice that they sucked out of my breast. Yeah. Right? I, it was 750 milliliters. I don't know if that was the two of them or each one, but it was quite a bit of the juice. Oh, yeah. It was Fred Tiddy juice. Okay, moving on. Hi, guys. All right. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Subject line, thank you, Fred. Well, my goodness. Julie Fleming, 
She says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Just heard your brief conversation after speaking with Ralph Ben-Murgi. Thank you, Fred, for making such a great point about the Israel-Hamas war, that it was Hamas that started all of this, that none of this would be happening if Hamas hadn't terrorized and murdered Jewish people in Israel on October 7th. Pro-Palestinian people chose Hamas, as you said. They should be upset, too. Howard, I agree that the thunderbolt of anti-Semitism that we've seen since October 7 is bound to lead to even more and worse. On that happy note, she says, stay strong, Julie. Well, you made that point. Um, that's a point that we've, uh, I think, made since the time. And, and But for some reason, that point doesn't seem to get made no. in conversation about this and I know the situation there now is horrific and I know they're eating grass and I wish they weren't and I wish they'd stop but also there's been multiple offers now from the horrible Israelis and they are in some way I'm not being completely facetious but there's been multiple offers including this most recent one of a two month ceasefire but let's not forget all they have to fucking do Hamas has to do is agree and give back the hostages and all of this would stop yeah, I think part of the problem with those hostages might not be breathing anymore. But well, I don't know about that, Fred. A lot of them. I, I I thought that too a few months ago that those people aren't coming back. But they're really the last thing Hamas has mm-hmm. as far as negotiation. Mm-hmm. Not the last, but it's one of their one of the things that they have that they can still, you know. Anyway, um, but yeah, you were, it was a great point, and uh, the whole the, the I've never seen anything like what we've seen the last four months in terms of anti-Semitism. It's something else, man. Yeah, it's a horrible situation, like, and you don't want to like I don't know. Maybe the people in uh, Gaza still that are suffering. If you asked them, they would say, you know, we're mad at Hamas. But I'll tell you. Most of the people that front it or talk about it or protest here in Toronto or in London or New York, they sure never mention Hamas. Yeah. They, they just don't. Like, they're not even part of the equation. I don't get it. Yeah, um, it is. It so just seems deep. weird. And, and you know, again, I, I nothing wrong with people, you know, protesting. But the, 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 the I don't, you know, they, there's a saying people have now. And it's pretty hack. But they, you know, so I didn't have that on my bingo card or they didn't have that on my 2023, whatever. I certainly could not have imagined in my lifetime right-wing people being, you know, we're, we're often critical of them and the weird shit that comes out of their mouths. But this left, the left wing of society, the left of society siding with Palestinians over all these dis- raped and killed and murdered, you know, and, and siding with a terrorist organization. I could not yes. have imagined that. Mm-hmm. But yet here we are. These, you know, and so often oppressors of women's rights, human rights, civil rights, and you side with them. Yeah, it's weird. It's everything you apparently said. I know, I know. It's that whole, again, dog chasing its tail thing. You become so righteous and such such a bleeding heart that you lose focus. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Julie. Always, and Julie, thank you so much for all the stuff that you send us. It's uh, fantastic. This is from Larry Hall. Larry Hall says, hi, guys. Of course he does. Hi, guys. Um... 
Hi, guys. I was listening to yesterday's show, and you were talking about the gentleman named Gail. Growing up in the 60s and 70s, my parents had a couple of female Gales, G-A-I-L-S, as did I. Um, I never thought about I never thought of it as a man's name until I thought of the late great Gail Gordon. Yet back when I yet back when I saw any of his many shows, I never associated his name as being female. He was just a guy whose name was Gail. Does that make sense? Regards. Mm-hmm. Did we not mention him yesterday? Yes, Mr. Mooney. Mr. Yeah, Mooney. Mr. Mooney. Yeah. On the Lucille Ball show. Yes. Another big Gail that I forgot to mention. Huge. Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers, great, exactly. Yeah. The great Chicago Bear. Yeah. Another man named Gail. There's no questioning questioning his masculinity. Well, you don't know that. Well, that's true, Howard. That's right. <laughs> that's you true. don't know. I have no idea. I don't. He could have been wearing he that statement. Been, <laughs> he could have been wearing uh, rainbow underwear under those uh, that uniform. You don't know. You don't know. Uh, what guys. we do know is we're moving Hi on. Guys. What do you got there, Hi my guys. friend? Uh, this one, uh, star of the dog on TikTok. Uh, Hi guys. Hi guys. This is Todd D. Taylor. Uh, just wanted to send this uh, to the dog, uh, dog lovers in all of you. This is Charlie, my five-year-old chocolate. And uh, he sends a picture. Sweet dog. God. Yeah, very nice. Dog. Labs are so sweet. Jesus. Uh, the second attachment he sends us is a clip of James Stewart with a poem on Johnny Carson a few years back. Well, several years back. 1981, to be exact. 43 years ago. Yeah. Uh, enjoy. I watched it because I just love Jimmy Stewart. Like, have you not seen that before? I saw. I've seen it. It's. it's I think so. It's a famous years clip, and years, years ago. and years yeah. ago. Yeah, him reading about the poem about dogs, and he had just lost his dog. That yeah. was the point of it. And uh, even Johnny teared up. But just the way he reads and presents himself, all always so sweet, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, and just I don't go. Know if you have it, it or you want to play it or whatever, but. Um, I don't know. If, it is if, ancient. Yeah, I, mean, I would just say it's it's very sweet. Just go Google, Google Jimmy Stewart dog poem, mm-hmm. and it, you'll find it. But uh, yeah, it's a, it was a, it's a very famous clip, and it's a, yeah, you're right. Carson tears up a bit, and hard not to. I mean, I don't think I've ever. There's never been a movie that I have, and I'll just admit it. I, I'm e, I'm an easy weep man. I'm an easy tear up at movies by myself mm-hmm. with others. But when my five told the story quickly, Dave, my best friend Dave and I took uh, his two kids at the time and my two kids. We went to see that movie, Marley and Me. And when the lights came up, he and I weren't, he and I hadn't, we weren't tearing up. We were like crying, like sobbing. And the kids got a little, I think the kids got a little um, <clears throat> unnerved by it. And um, yeah, yeah, and that's because of a dog. Well, Howard, that movie, Delise and I went to see it in Peterborough when I was sentenced to three years at the Wolf, and um, we went and saw it. And again, I, I lost it. I cried because it was a yellow lab, which yeah. Billy was. That's she right. was, she had only been dead for a couple of years, and you know that scene where they pick. Marley couldn't get in the back of the truck. Yeah. So they had to pick it up and put it in the back of the truck. That's exactly what I had to do with Billy the day that I discovered she was sick. 
Like she got that, I don't know, overnight, like got a blood disease or something. And I literally had to pick her up and put her in the back of my SUV. When I saw that scene, it was like, yeah, I started crying. Yeah. I'm capable of crying. Oh, I know. I know. It's your, it's th- certain things will pierce your black heart. I, 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 my, I guess my point is I have never... And I go to a lot of movies, as you know. And like I said, I preface it by saying I'm an easy weeper. I have never cried at a movie where a human being died anywhere near like that. Yeah. And Dave, the same. Like, there's these two guys. I don't know how old our kids were at the time, but yeah, Yeah. it was was quite a scene. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah, that would have been, what, around 2010? That movie, 2009, 2010, in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got a few more to go. I was going to save this for when Dan came back. Um, I'm you, done, actually. Are you done? Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. Sure. Yes. But this one came in late, I see. There's one that came in late. I'll tell you what. Why don't you do that one then? And I'm yes. just going to message Dan because I want Dan here for this one. Because uh, it's important information for, for Dan and others. Let me just... Uh, well, maybe we're talking about the same one. No, no. I'm the, mine, oh, here comes Dan. Mine's, colon, mine's, mine's colonoscopy, Dan. Oh, that one. Yeah, I have uh, can-do, Dan. Mm. So you have can-do, Dan? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, we've, uh, welcome back. Um, we've got our last couple of emails, and they're actually about you. So oh. do you, do you want to do can do Dan first and I'll do col- Yes, I think that's a good strategy okay. because the 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 second one might um create some discussion. Oh, I hope it does. All right. Uh-huh. Well, here we go. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Rod Fitchett contributes subject matter can do. Hi guys. Hi guys. Rod says, I work at Darlington, and if you want, uh, can help correct what Dan got wrong. Yes, Dan, about how the reactors work. I'm a fuel handler and actually work with the fuel rods. Loving you. Wow, very cool. It really wow. makes sense if you just don't think about it, is uh, <laughs> his tagline. But he, he it's, it's always yeah. his tagline, though. It's always there, yes. Um but that's what Rod says. So if you want some, you got something wrong, Dan, and how they work. I wish Rod would have said though. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was expecting a, a, an explanation. Well, yeah. geez. I'll have to go back to the, uh, the, uh, wiki page of, uh, mm-hmm. nuclear reactors to find out. Uh, I thought I knew more than I know, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all guilty of that from time to time, Dan, mm. you know, yeah, the thing is, deals, you know. yeah. Well, yeah. the thing about us, though, is what we have learned over the course of our broadcast careers is to present any information content confidently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even if yeah. it's complete mm-hmm. shit. So Rod deals with the rods. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right, Dan. That's wow. right, Dan. Double rod power. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, He's a fuel handler. Wow. That's a, that's a title. Jesus. What are you? I'm a fuel handler. A little more grown up than this title. Mm-hmm. I'm still embarrassed to tell people what I do. 64-year-old man. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is the last one. The uh, subject line is colonoscopy Dan. Hi, guys. From David hi Kemp. Hi, guys. Who says, hi guys. obviously, hi, guys. Listening to uh, December 19th episode, just heard that Dan has still not had a colonoscopy. Then, 
in big bold letters. Fuck Dan. Not fuck Dan, but fuck Dan. <laughs> okay. Get, he says, fuck Dan. And one, two, four exclamation marks. Get a fucking colonoscopy. I had my first one at 42 years old. The doctor found five polyps. Two were precancerous. Additional polyps were found in the following years. I'm 54 uh, now, and I believe this is due largely to having regular colonoscopies. He's saying, Dan, if he hadn't had this checkup, he may not be with us. Dan, consider this. You could have your colonoscopy videotaped, and then you could present it on the show as the ultimate Dan Duran news segment. I bet Hundy Pease would talk about it for years. It would go down in history as one of the best podcast presentations ever, followed closely by Phil's visit to Muse Massage, classic, and Lumbee's Vagina Juice story amazing <laughs> he says finally do it for the show dan just saying is all great hangs hosers well that's uh, those a are lot. strong words a lot dan. strong words strong words. you know what it is? i didn't know that you could videotape your colonoscopy <clears throat> is that a thing what are they would they actually go through there with a the camera is that the colonoscopy well, that's what a colonoscopy is they stick a camera up your bum i didn't know the camera part i thought they were just you know what feeling around or you know scraping or something i don't know i thought they went in there and grabbed something and tested it no that's what they, i thought oh, oh. well they they can yes well, but they a do camera. yeah mm-hmm. wait a oh. second you're sixty-eight thousand years old and you have you didn't know that a colonoscopy was a camera that goes into your colon and so the surgeon can see in there for polyps and then what what fred was saying is if they see something they'll grab a snip of it and test it but maybe they just go up there and they see if it's all clear then they do by the way during the procedure they say all clear and <laughs> but if it's all clear they don't do anything they just wake you up and you're, you're a little gassy oh well i didn't know the camera part I thought I knew all of all those other things, but I didn't know that the camera was involved. Very interesting. Okay, well, I'll, uh... here here's what I would say to you, and I would hate to uh, to see you in this position because I've heard it many times. I think Richard Krauss was one. You put it off, you put it off, and then all of a sudden one day you have a problem and you find out you have a, you know colon cancer, whatever stage. And then you regret. Why didn't I just go get a colonoscopy? You don't want to be in that position. And the poop test is fine and everything. But when you get well into your 60s, you should have at least once or twice had the camera up your ass. Seriously. All right. I will discuss it with my doctor. Yeah, but your doctor, we have this discussion every time. Then you say, my doctor is your doctor. And my doctor never recommended it either until Dr. Ann Murray insisted I do it. And, and, and I, again, we're both, we both love you, Dan. Here's the thing. And, and what Fred just said really hit home with me because, I, because it's so avoidable. Because you're my dearest friend and it's, you know, you're 66 years old for people who don't know. It, all, all it is is you, 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 if you find out early, it's, it's really one of mm-hmm. the easiest to cure cancers unless okay. you wait. So you're saying to insist with... Our doctor, yes, that I get this done. Tell okay. him that because I he knows I'm a doctor. I, I, I tell him that well, every time and, I see him. And, and, and the time, what's the yeah. theory? I've had a couple other friends too. Their doctor's theory is, oh, as long as you do the poop test, you yeah. should be fine. Um, I I guess, but see, I'm like you, Howard. I come from the I want to know, want to know, want to know. Like I don't, 
the people that avoid stuff, it's just I, I don't get it because I just want to know, especially if it can be life threatening. You know, and especially because it's such an avoidable cancer, right? Um, and a lot of men avoid the procedure. And again, you know, maybe so you didn't know that it was the procedure is a camera in your colon, camera in your colon. <laughs> and and it's really a, you know, other than the, I've just talked to Lumby's having one this week. Uh, I was talking to him on Sunday and, and or whatever it was. And he's, you know, the prep is a bit of a drag because you got to drink a bunch oh, yeah. of stuff. And it is. for a couple days, you basically shit yourself blind. But that really is it. I mean, the actual procedure itself is a no-brainer. You're out for most of it. And you wake up, and they, can, and they tell you, okay, you're good. Or we saw something, we're going to test it. But the worst-case scenario is what Fred described, which is one day you tell us, oh, by the way, I, I had a thing, and apparently I've got stage 4 colon cancer. Um, Howard, I'm going to be leaving you uh, all my tools because of your deep interest in handyman stuff. <laughs> um. Look at it this way. From my perspective, I went and I got a five-year pass. I didn't get a 10-year pass because they clipped a couple of polyps. So right there, it's like, ooh, you know, some flags went up. I was fine. But as soon as they see something, you know, if it's completely clear, they give you a 10-year pass. But I got a five-year. And then when I went back five years later, I got another five-year pass because they clipped another so what if I had done nothing over the past few years? Those things they've clipped, what would they be now? I might be six feet under. Oh, I'll tell you one thing, they'd be ghastly. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, David Kemp. By the way, colonoscopy, Dan, is not as catchy as cockface. But, you know, seriously. <laughs> um, all right. I think we've, we've done this. This is not the first time we've had a conversation about this with Dan. And it won't be the last. Uh, Fred, let's have a conversation about some of the people supporting this program. I like the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. That's simple. Go to chamberplan.ca. They lay it all out. What's available? Different plan levels that you can buy into, whatever you're comfortable with. But even at the most basic, you can provide your employees with some security that they'll love you for. Like dental and prescriptions and some therapies, travel insurance. Oh, they have a human resources department now. They have a real-time mental health line. It's uh, it's really, really, really good is what it is. And about 30,000 Canadian businesses now part of, part of this. It's been around for 40 years. It's been proven. It's been tested. It's been proven. It's the way to go for a small business. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Well, more on one ain't no small business. It is a big business, a junior mining company that is on the precipice of something amazing. One in a thousand junior mining companies get to the stage that Boron One is at. And where they're at is getting Boron out of the ground. I won't continue to go on or bore you with all the things that Boron is in, the ubiquitous nature of it. But trust me, it's all around wherever you are right now. Boron is part of your lives. Uh, But in this particular case, Boron One is a company that is supporting our company. And if you want to support us, at least have a look at them, BoronOne.com. And the uh, ticker symbol is Bone, B-O-N-E. And uh, as always, we make no claims about stock uh, prices, what may happen to them. And as I always say, several of our listeners have checked out this uh, company and seem to be uh, pleased with what it's doing. Have uh, Maybe have your Sherpa or our Sherpa take a look at it. 
Go to boronone.com. Um, it's been a while. You already did the um, Bodog, didn't you? No. Oh, you didn't? All right, well, let's save it. We've no. got lots of time left. And I'll save uh, the audio for uh, another time. Well, maybe I'll, I'll tell you what. Why don't I do the audio now? Good plan. And then you can do uh, the full read later because Dan Duran's news is coming up. I mean, just think about this, Dan. If you have no colon, how are you? <laughs> how do you? How do you think you'd feel about doing the Dan Duran news every day? Not great. No, it would be. Uh, I'd be a little backed up, I guess. Yeah, you'd have to move over your bag, your squishy bag. Right. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't need a holding tank in your trailer. You just carry it around with you. That's right. Mm. Well, some advantages. There you see. That's Dan Duran. That's Dan Duran. Always looking, looking at the, the bright, bright side. That'd be yeah. fucking funny. Right. The day they come and suck the shit out of all the trailers, Dan just stands out in the road. <laughs> guy hooks it up to his leg. That's right. What? I'm about to drain Dan Duran's shit bag. Get this on. Get this on TikTok. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jake. Uh, before Dan Duran's news, here we go with this. Feeling stuck on the sidelines? Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle? I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, and of course, uh, we wouldn't, uh, there wouldn't be the Humble and Fred show without this. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from... The matrimonial home of Mr. and Mrs. Gebert Duran. Lisa and Dan would like to invite you to their open house. <laughs> and this weekend, uh-huh. where you'll get a tour of the uh, abode, including sticks and a vase. Here's Anchorman, Dan Duran. And shrimps, I, uh, shrimp on the Barbie as well. Mm-hmm. Shrimp on the Barbie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa's birthday's all over. That went really well, by the way. I... Mm. Uh, when was that? Happy. Was that that was yesterday or the day before? Mm-hmm. Day before. How did day the shrimps yesterday. go? Did you make a nice shrimp? I made a great shrimp. Yeah, a couple of rounds of shrimp actually. You know, I had them, you know, separate bags and uh, just so they were nice and hot when the when the people oh. wanted them. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now she's uh, she's getting on a plane with her parents today and going to Florida. Hmm. Anyway, uh, and, uh, let's. Oh, uh, why not you? Well, because uh, you know she's getting on a plane with her parents. <laughs> Oh, there's that no room for you on that plane? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, this is why I love you. He's like, why not you? Why? And you just can't, you're like a, you can't leave a scab alone. You just got to pick at it. Is there some <laughs> no, reason? Is there some reason the parents don't want you around? Do they? Yeah, you make it sound like the plane's a three-seater. Like, come on. <laughs> That's right. There's no room on a, there's no, there's no plane. There's, no there's on, only Dan, Dan Kennedy, he's not allowed in Florida since that incident. <laughs> 
since the incident, yeah. Okay, so here's a new story. A Chinese spy pigeon has been released from an Indian jail and cleared to fly. The pigeon's ordeal began when it was captured near a port in Mumbai with two rings tied to its legs carrying the words that looked like Chinese. So it's a spy pigeon. And based on that, police uh, uh, suspected it was involved in espionage and took it in and jailed it in a hospital for animals. Eventually, after a long investigation, it turned out the pigeon was an open-water racing bird from Taiwan that had escaped and made its way to India. And so the doctors set it free on this last Tuesday. That's wow. the story. Well, and what, and what do you have to say about that? What's your take on it? Well, my take on it is, uh, the, you know, everybody's suspicious about everybody right now. Yeah. And, See, uh, here's what would make me not suspicious. I think we. I think technology has would be my initial thought would be. I think technology has advanced beyond the spy pigeon. Yeah, you'd think there'd be more of a more of a tech. Uh, if they would, they'd be looking some something more tech involved. Well, that's what like I mean. Something you know, like some sort of chip tied to its head or. Some sort of surveillance cameras or, underneath, or, or maybe uh, a undergirt. drone, not a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, speaking well, yeah. of speaking of tech, did you see any of the congressional hearings yesterday with the big tech guys there, Zuckerberg included, and being attacked by uh, Democrats and Republicans um, together? Um, I did not. They, sh- they, sh- they showed some level of unity, just. And the spin was how social media, these companies are, you know, kids are dying because of it. And basically, what are you going to do about it? And uh, it was funny. At one point, Lindsey Graham delivers this thing about you have blood on your hands and he gets an applause. And, you know, he's really concerned about the kids. But this is the same party that won't pass gun laws to protect kids yeah exactly in schools with getting their heads blown off in schools not interested in that but he wants to go right after these tech companies which maybe you should but just the hypocrisy of it or this is lindsey graham the guy whose guy that he's supporting for president just happens to be a rapist it's just yeah this is the same you lindsey can't graham. help but be cynical lindsey you know? graham who will go down in his the last thing in his obituary will be the quote of lindsey Graham in 2015 or 16 saying mm-hmm. about Donald Trump, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, we will uh, he, we, he, we have created this and we will regret it. Yes. Meanwhile, he's sucking Donald Trump's shriveled weenie yeah. on, the, on the regular. His orange mushroom cap. Uh, anyway, Dan, back to your fucking pigeon story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say to f- what Fred's point uh, to further Fred's point with the the discussions that they have at those hearings at this point is almost well, it's it's, it's all theater. It's all theater because of the theater mean. part of it. Yeah, it yeah. was like they were they were uh, questioning. Uh, I think it was Josh Hawley or Tom Cotton. One of the two mm-hmm. was uh, questioning the uh, the CEO of TikTok. And yeah. it got it's like, well, it was all about him being a Chinese uh you know, under Operative, the, yeah. the Chinese government or Chinese communist or whatever, but he said, "Well, I'm from Thai, you know, I'm from Taiwan or not Taiwan, uh, Singapore. I'm Singaporean. I served in the Singaporean uh, army for two years. No, I'm not from China." And there was hammered and hammered and hammered, just you know, to make some sort of, I guess, Fox News. Yeah, it's all for it's all for theater. They don't actually mean yeah. any of that shit they say. 
Yeah, and it had really nothing to do with what the actual issues were. Listen, when Hunter Biden, speaking of theater, when Hunter Biden showed up there whenever a few weeks ago and all those sitting there, all, all those congressional idiots who didn't uh, who didn't uh, comply with the January 6th subpoenas, those people mm-hmm. should have all just shut their faces. But they still they don't because they have no shame. You know, they have no um, they have no memory. <laughs> they have no. no shame. Yeah. The guys that wanted him prosecuted for not showing up are guys that didn't show up themselves to the January. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it it was, uh, it was fascinating. And then Hunter says, listen, I'll testify, but I want to do it in public. And they didn't know what to do. They wanted to do it behind closed doors so they could spin it their way. So when he said, yeah, I'll testify, but it's got to be in public. I want it on television. I want everyone to hear every question. Well, then all of a sudden they didn't want to do it. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre world. It is a bizarre world. You know, and before we continue, you know, um, one of the big stories, of course, is the right wing conspiracy about how the NFL wants uh, the Kansas City Chiefs to win because of Taylor Swift's support of uh, Biden, which she has never done because she didn't support some candidate that was in the Trump world in 2018 or 2020. They've created this whole whatever narrative. But in the end, it is just a football game, Fred. And, of course, a lot of people are wondering with Bodog, uh, what's happening in terms of the uh, betting? Well, I'm going to tell you that right now. You know, I've been reporting all week, and I will report again. It's pretty much a toss-up. I think uh, we're looking at uh, Kansas City minus two-and-a-half points, over under 47 points. So, hey, listen, if you have no skin in the game, it's a great a great situation to be in because you want a good game. You're going to sit down and watch a Super Bowl with all your snacks and your beers and your boozes and stuff. You want it to go right down to the last play of the game, don't you? I do. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds to their world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Bodog. Yeah, I've got some audio. I can't get it off my... Uh, it was messaged, it was texted to me, uh, just a clip of... Somebody on Fox, you know, like these are grown people having a conversation. Like, like, I don't want to get too excited about it, but they're having a conversation about how they believe what I just said, that there's a conspiracy <laughs> surrounding the NFL. And, and I wanted to just have a, a quick conversation with you guys about conspiracies in general. And again, I've been guilty of it. You know, I'm sort of bought into the yeah. 9-11 thing. But, but when, when it comes to things... The fact that human beings are what they are, which is, you know, weak and fallible, the amount of people involved to to um, to to turn this into reality, uh, to 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 throw a game Mm -hmm. or, or any conspiracy, really. But this one in particular, do they really think there's that many people involved that could keep their mouth shut about throwing the game to support Biden somehow? Kansas City no. winning? No, I know. I know. Where was that meeting? It's like a rigged election, too. Yes. Like, what that would take in the in the people that promote it just for, just because they're evil. You know, they, they know it's not true. Anyway. Well, you know, speaking of that, there's, I don't know how many there are in Congress. I think it's 300, close to 400 Congress people. Mm-hmm. And there are 100... And 80-ish 
Republican congressmen and women that are election deniers. Mm-hmm. Still, well, I, to this day. Well, you know, and people, you know, you, you don't have to be smart to be powerful. I say you that clip, the Joe Rogan clip, where he goes off about all the young people that died from the vaccine. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, you know, I, we have a pretty big network. I don't know anybody that got sick from the vaccine, let alone died from it. But according to him, it's shocking how many people just died. The young people just died. They didn't wake up because of the vaccine. Who? Give me some names. Give me some. And then he even he refers to, he said, have you seen the Instagram list of people that just died from the vaccine? That's your reference point? Oh, yeah. Bozo uh, that, Joe? Here, here's Bozo Joe talking about that. It's also kind of hilarious is how many people were promoters of the vaccine and died suddenly. It's crazy how many fucking young people just died in their sleep after oh, yeah. they took it. It is crazy. And everybody's like, nothing to see here. Sudden adult death syndrome. Yeah. Just died suddenly. You ever go to the died suddenly Instagram page? Like, holy oh, God. shit. There's so many. And so, yeah, I mean, again, as we say, the died suddenly Instagram page. Yeah. And I, I went right next to the fucking puppy page, too. Somebody's given him $200 million to fucking fling that shit across the earth. It's, it's unbelievable. God. And yet here we are, a uh, fine program filled with content and fart jokes. Where's our $250 million? <laughs> It's just something else. <laughs> I just love that. How do you actually say that without being embarrassed? Have you seen the Instagram died suddenly page? Yeah. Good one, Joe. Good and, one. And he's got somebody there, an expert. I say that with quotations. And she's saying, adult death syndrome. <laughs> okay. And, 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 that, and we've made this point before. You know, all four of us, the Toronto Mike's here. Okay, <laughs> let me get Toronto Mike here because we can't have him on without the theme. All four of us have been vaccinated. And uh, in our circle of you know people we know, I don't know anybody that's died suddenly from the vaccine. I don't even know, like, beyond the very first one I had where my arm was sore for a couple of days, that's the only side effect I've noticed. You know, you could relate to that if we were sitting here going, oh, listen, my buddy uh, Jim's, his kid died. They think it was a vaccine. And then you would say, yeah, I had a buddy that, yeah, yo, his kid died. Yeah, and they think it might be. You never hear those conversations. It would take that for me to go, well, maybe there's something to this. But it's just this boogeyman they've created out there and they perpetuate it. To, to what end? No, to I, what I don't end? know. Well, I mean, con- I mean yeah. to what end? I guess uh, because it's provocative and... Yeah. And it it um, it serves their uh, his audience. I am a little. I mean, I am surprised. As I mentioned, I yeah. you know I, I I've always been a fan of his stand up and and how he is as he said the other day how he transformed into this guy that he is now is a bit surprising to me because I never really thought that's who he was. Toronto Mike, do you know anybody that's died from the vaccine? <laughs> Everyone who dies now gets tagged as uh, died suddenly due to vaccine. Like, it's just a catch-all. For yeah, everybody. well, like, look at Auntie yeah, Ruby. Auntie Ruby, that's yeah, what I they know. were saying about yeah. Ruby. 94 uh-huh. years old, obviously the vaccinated, like, yeah. The queen, yeah, the queen. vaccinated, and then she died. Like, it's mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I know. And that's, you know, Howard, what he has become. But, you know, it's one thing to become something and have some basis or foundation behind it but it's just nonsense 
And that's and there's other subjects too. It's just nonsense. How he paints a picture of Canada is just so far away from reality. I mean, it's not fair to the country. It's not fair for Americans to hear that and think that about us. Like it's bizarre. Yeah. Like, uh, well, as you it, say, it, it's it's like not just this, but all his whole narrative seems to be yeah. almost Alex Jones esque. Yeah. Anyway, with a bigger uh, with a bigger audience. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Cheetah Rivera buy, die from the vaccine? Probably, yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, mm-hmm. That did happen. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. That's what it is. And, Mike, that is a good point. It's like now everyone that dies, no matter mm-hmm. when, under what circumstances, it's always because of. Uh, mm hmm. And, and, you know, and, and again, we've been at this been since 2021 or two when. The, Everyone, almost everyone, almost everyone I know has been vaccinated. Whose dog is that? Uh, that's uh, a grand puppy. <laughs> that is. Uh, <laughs> it's the Lisa's going over there to try and quiet. That's Bo. Mm-hmm. That's Bo. She's a sheep doodle, and uh, she's seen a dog outside the window. So you know what's like. crazy about that? That Jimmy Stewart poem about the dog that we referenced, the dog's name was Bo. Yeah. Crazy, eh? You know what's crazy about that for me, though, is I, Dan and Lisa have been involved for some time now, and I don't think I knew that there was a dog there. A uh, dog just arrived. The, uh, it's it's a, her son, Jonathan, and Alicia's dog. And uh, we're dog sitting right now. Why are they going to Florida too? Oh yeah, I bet the I bet the I bet the dog's got a seat. Mm. No, I meant the kids. Like, are the kids going to oh, Florida? No, 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 they, no. It's just until today. Oh, so, I see. It, yeah, Lisa's going to Florida. So should we should we talk to Lisa about why you weren't invited to the Florida trip, or are you okay with that? Oh, I was invited to the Florida trip. Well, why aren't you going? Well, I'm thinking of going to the Mexico trip. Ah, well, you can't go on two trips. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's listen. Dan's just made a big trailer investment. He's in, he hasn't got two trip money right now. Yeah. And how long is the Florida trip for Dan? Uh, Lisa will be gone for a week, ten oh. days or something like that. Yeah. Wow, you get the whole place to yourself for a week. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so do you guys? You know, now you're. I know you're a modern hip couple. Do you guys have an open relationship? Are you allowed to go? She allowed to see other people when she's in Florida? No, no, that's not the kind of relationship we have. No. No. What kind she's of going to enjoy Florida and <laughs> hang out there with her parents. And thanks for asking that question. And she's got some friends down there as well. She's going to hang out with. <laughs> well, I, you're sure you're not going to take off up to Curve Lake and try to get lucky? <laughs> Pretty sure about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for all this. Hey, uh, Dan. This investigative reporting. Hey, by the way, yes. what about your uh, your 99-year-old Just story about to tell right you. there? All week yeah. long. And I, now yeah, I don't yeah, have any. Are we going to put it off for another week? Another or so. week after. So a 99-year-old woman broke uh, a swimming record. And the it was like for, I think, 400 meters and 50 meters. But the part of the story that I, I thought was intriguing, at least to me, was in the story, I don't have it in front of me, but it was a 99, the headline was 99-year-old woman breaks swimming record dot, dot, dot for her age. <laughs> and the reason I like that is whatever, what is the swimming record for, you know, the, in the categories, we, we, we were talking about uh, one of our emailers, kids was in a U18, so is there like an 0090 or 095 <laughs> swimming category 
And if it is not, if, if, if you do break a record for a 99 year old swim meet, what is that? Just getting out of the pool? <laughs> like, if you, it's like the record was set by, because most of them have need assistance getting out of the pool. I don't know. It was yeah, a bunch of old that, jokes. They call that uh, category U100. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. She was in U100, and the record was she swang 400 meters in an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> Imagine how wrinkly she would be. Like, she's wrinkly oh, before she right. gets to the pool. Right? I'll tell you what, right. man. That's Dan Bagri wrinkly. One big wrinkle. Hey, a quick hit is uh, I watched Breaking Bad. Did anyone watch Breaking Bad? Yes. Yeah, of course. Hey, there was a main character named Gail. Remember? That uh, smart science guy who made the coffee machine. With, you know, there was the guy named Oh, Gale. that's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, just a Gail. And a uh, quick... Uh, what was I going to point out here? This is, and again, I've checked all my facts unlike last week, but uh, I wanted to speak to Howard about why he can watch like the Lions versus 49ers on the weekend, even though he doesn't care about the teams, but he can't watch Boston versus Montreal because high stakes. Like, he would probably tune into a, the, the game seven. Boston versus Montreal. To Absolutely see who goes not. To like a, it's all about stakes. No, no? well, no, I, I would, I would tune into Leafs. It's, it's it's weird you say that. I would watch Leafs versus somebody because of the the stakes of it. That's why I watch them in the playoffs. Right. I think it goes to the fact that the NFL and their product to me is become. I, I I had a breakthrough in terms of my appreciation for it this year. That the product itself to me is more entertaining than a, a hockey game. But a game seven to see who goes to the Stanley. Yeah, but Cup again, I, I could could give two shits and a half, two and a half shits. You know the 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 unique thing about football and the way it's structured. You know, on the weekend, all the Thursday and Monday night games. I get that. You can be three or four weeks into it, and the games all of a sudden become huge. That's what I like about it. Look at the Bills this year, right? By losing those games out of the gate, all of a sudden now you're looking, you're thinking about the playoffs and the possibilities and everything, and it just adds to the excitement. The NHL, the 82-game thing, you know, coupled with my impatience for this fucking dog of a franchise, it's just I, I don't, I'm, I'm having trouble. Like, how I just, I can't get into it. Just can't. And, you know, I even have this thing where I get all the NHL games and I go, oh, that's cool. I can sit down and watch any, any, any NHL game. Some nights I put it on and like 10 minutes in, I, I, it's like <laughs> I'm just gone. It's like I don't care about this. What I about you, don't. Boone? Can you watch a, another team because you're such a Leaf fan? Would you watch Boston versus whoever to win? In to the go playoffs? To, in the playoffs? In the playoffs, yes. Yeah. So once the stakes <clears> – <throat> I can't do regular season. Once in a while, uh, Monica will tune into like an Edmonton Oiler game on a Saturday night, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is an exciting team. Like I like watching these Oilers, right. her team, right? But I can tell you I need the stakes to be higher. But with NFL, I can't sit down in week three and watch a game. But when the playoffs start, it's like appointment viewing for me. I need the stakes to be high for these. And I, but I will agree with you this. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of – I, I watched Buffalo Bill games week two, three, four, five, six. I wouldn't have watched another. T- I wouldn't have done like a whole Sunday afternoon of it. But I did watch. Right. I did watch Casey's uh, divisional, whatever. I watched Kansas City uh, in the week before Buffalo, whatever that was. I watched them play, and then obviously once they were out of the playoffs, I watched Kansas City versus whatever. And um, but but hockey, I could, I, I can, I can watch the Leafs and then nobody else. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's it? very interesting. This whole sports discussion, 
because I'm about to contradict myself. Baseball plays 162 games, and I'll sit there in May and watch a Jays game from beginning to end. I don't know. It's just the way the game is structured, how the fact that Delise is into it now, and I enjoy watching it with her, whatever it is. I can do that. But, you know, the Leafs' next game is like Monday night against the Islanders. I probably, like, I might check it on my phone and if it's close in the third period put it on but i just I, it's not there for me yet the, the yet the jays look <laughs> how long their season is and you can be out of the playoffs by may yet i would still watch it yeah that's the least though like i know my uh 22 year old will watch regular season basketball games that don't mm-hmm. include raptors and i have no interest but he's right. very excited to watch and then i watch with him and i enjoy watching with him i think having a member of the family into watching it is a game yeah, for sure that's it um yeah, maybe i just don't see it's funny i i i can i can enjoy a baseball game in person and i get to go a couple times a year and enjoy the experience I couldn't watch an entire baseball game on television, although my dad used to watch every single Jays game, as I've mentioned. Same with my dad. But I can watch, and I, was, I don't know that I was always like this, but I really have enjoyed the nature of the NFL because there is something happening every play. Every snap, every, every uh, down is something. Whereas in baseball... And even in hockey, there's lots of periods where there's lots, lots of parts where there's not a lot of ha- not a lot of happening. You're going up and down the ice. There's not always a scoring opportunity um, where you sort of get that immediate dopamine hit of something. There's an outcome to every snap. <clears throat> yeah. Who can explain it? Whatever, uh, you know. And then there's Dan Duran, who is, uh, you know, in his taxes in his head right now. Oh, no, he's Dan Duran checked out about eight minutes ago. And now he's coming back. When we yeah, say no, his yeah, name, I, he'll be back. I was going to I was going to ask, uh, Howard, when you say you don't give a shit about yes. a game. Yes. You're implying you just don't care. Yes. But when you give two and a half shits, do you, are you caring more? When you have two and a half shits? What I think when I say I, I wouldn't give two and a half shits, meaning that, you know, yes, that's as higher stakes <laughs> Raise the stakes so on how little less I of care. A shit yes, than no shit. Well, yeah, okay. it's a very good question. Giving shits, like going back to what Mike said. I love nothing better than a Sunday golf tournament, but I won't watch Thursday, Friday, Saturday unless there's something of huge significance. Right. But like round four on a Sunday and it's close, I, I absolutely love it. But you know, would you watch it? If the, but would you watch round four if there was nobody you knew involved? Probably not. Yeah, see, no. I will. But here's the thing, Howard. If I'm flipping around and I got nothing else to do and I see the leaderboard is close, yeah, I would if I didn't know the guys. Yeah. Because I find that fascinating down the stretch because I find, because I think of you and, you know, what a psychological game it is and to see if guys can hold it together down the stretch. Whereas I'll watch parts of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I mean, I will definitely, I'm not, I'm just, I don't watch all of it Thursday and Friday unless it's a significant mm-hmm. tournament, but I will watch all of it Saturday and all of it Sunday, even if it's, you know, now that, you know, Tiger's not in contention, but certainly, uh, you know, I had a good run there in terms of a sports icon. I mean, I had 12 years or so of my favorite player, my favorite team being in contention almost every time they played. So it was fantastic. Well, the world did. I yes. Delise would watch it with Tiger. Her mom, I don't know if her mom even watches golf anymore, but when Tiger, it was like a big thing. Like, and and in yeah. Canada, I mean, it's been, we have really like, you know, if you're, we're all a bit, we're all homers. I mean, I've got now, 
it used to be one with Mike Weir, the odd Canadian that was on that tour. But now there's like mm-hmm. 10. Almost mm-hmm. every week that I watch, there's a Canadian in and around the leaderboard because it's never, it's, golf has never been as popular as it is in Canada now. Mm-hmm. And there's never been as many professionals in the game as there are now. Right. Yeah. And the, as you know, the women's game has one of the best, we have one of the best women's golfers on, on the planet in Brooke Henderson. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought of that. Tiger Woods and Donald Trump, what they have in common. They both, uh, they both like to nail hookers. Crazy, eh? I was going to say, they're not, he was never convicted of rape. Tiger, he's just. He's but they like their hookers. They like their hookers. Come on, who doesn't? The what, Tiger, what, what, did? what professional athlete doesn't like their hookers? Come on. But even Trump liked the hookers. Trump liked it all. That was consensual, even for Trump then with the hookers. But they like their hookers. I think Trump liked a uh, definitely a better level of hooker than than Tiger. Tiger just go after like anybody. Yeah, um, it Mike, was weird. Do, do people know we're not on next week? Fred's traveling. Fred's got to I have travel. a question about Dave Thomas. So oh, uh, right. we have a Dave Thomas episode. I, I found it interesting, though, that you wanted to drop it on the Friday when nobody expects any Humble and Fred. But we have a whole empty week next week. Like dropping it on the Monday gives them a big like hot serving for the week to tide them over. Well, it's the, we can have this meeting right now. I don't. We don't. We don't. Even though we've been saying <laughs> it's up to you when you drop it, you well, can we've drop been it saying we're going to put it on tomorrow. You make that call. Like, okay, well, I would drop what. it Monday morning because uh, you don't have anything else well, to I'll drop. I'll tell you what, dude. Do that. You know where it is. I've already. It's it's where it is. It's already been FTP'd. So we'll just it'll, we'll just let everyone know. Why don't we make a decision now so we can sell people on Monday? There'll be no humble and Fred show except there will be uh, our interview with Dave Thomas. Absolutely. And uh, real quick here, uh, just because ha- you guys kind of love the Doug Ford idea about staples. And I just want to point out why people are uh, concerned. It's not because it's Doug Ford. It's because there's zero transparency in terms of why did Staples and Walmart get this deal where they get all this additional foot traffic thanks to the government. And meanwhile, the government is spending all the money to retrofit these stores for the Service Ontario. The question is, the transparency like there's no like how did staples and walmart get these deals i don't know let's find you won't out. answer those questions right richard southern who's a very good reporter and a very nice guy mm. has been on doug ford like uh what is on what what goes on rice but anyway oh, okay white on wow rice. Okay. So, what that's not allowed that's an expression right white on rice yes no. very racist but anyway uh, doug's not answering these questions about why staples like did staples and walmart attend his daughter's wedding and hand over an envelope like these are the things we worry about with doug ford hmm. it's not because it's doug ford no transparency. all right all right all right well that's fine yeah, like I, fine if there's something shitty going on there let's find out right. i'm just talking about ideally we've got to get creative with a lot of these things now oh yeah yeah and for fiscal reasons and, and, yeah. yeah so yeah no no why no. did yeah. they get granted this wonderful additional foot traffic with government money retrofitting their stores mm-hmm. uh, by the time we come back uh what is the return date of this program michael it is uh let me get my calendar. i am glad you asked howard glassman uh, the 12th is the return date so we will drop dave thomas on the 5th of february and on the 12th you guys will be back and then we'll get bill brio and uh bill brio does like he has a monthly appearance. He'll be here on the 13th. And then the return of Jackie Delaney on the 14th. So she'll be our Valentine's Day guest. Fantastic. And uh, on the 12th, will be uh, all the post-Super Bowl. We'll be breaking that down. We'll break it down. 
Right. Uh, thanks very much for uh, everyone who uh, sent us emails. You have uh, an extra week. We'll get to some of yours the week after the week of the 12th. What's, what's that, Mikey? Go around the table quickly with Super Bowl predictions, and then you'll uh, have it on the record for like, pick your winner. Everybody picks a winner on the Zoom here. Dan, who do you like? Kansas City, San Francisco. Kansas City. Okay. Um, Freddie? I'd like to see San Francisco win, but I think in the end it will be Mahomes over Purdy or Gertie or whatever his name is. The Hurdy Gertie man. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to I'm going to say it's Kansas. I'll, I'll, here's what I will. I'll, I'll say this. Hopefully, based on back to what you said about the odds and the type of game you want to see. I'm going to say Kansas City, but I'm going to say this. They're going to go down early. And I think in the fourth quarter, Patrick Mahomes comes back and wins it. On uh, the last, on one of the last plays of the game, Michael. It's kind of boring that we all agree, but I believe uh, Kansas City will win the Super Bowl this year. Mike, hey, I never... like your T-shirt, by the way. Yeah, what's that say? Anti-church social club. Yeah, anti-church. Oh, very nice. Social club. Uh, I was going to say, Mike, we've never worried about being boring on this program. Nope. That's not an issue for us. Pretty good at it. <laughs> well, for, you know, somebody, yeah, but we all like Kansas City, and I think it's the Mahomes factor to me. I think I wouldn't bet against Mahomes in this game. Well, I'm going to tell you, I did something before we close the show. I did something yesterday in the middle of the day. I was making myself something. I just threw on TSN, or, or I was wanted to throw the television on, and all of a sudden I came across the Pat, Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, you, know, can, you know what? It's not bad. It's pretty entertaining, and for a former former football player, he does a pretty good job. He had J.C. Watt on. He had a bunch of people there in this studio, and it had a feel like overdrive to me. But they were just—I liked it because they were just talking about the game and the NFL, and and uh, it was pretty entertaining. Um, speaking of Mahomes, I think Josh Allen's a better quarterback, a better all-around quarterback than. Patrick Mahomes. He just doesn't have the support staff that Mahomes has. Had you, by the way, before you get off that, had you ever seen the show, Pat McAfee? Uh, not really. That, McAfee, they, no. yeah, Pat, and but, where is it? Where do you see I think it? It's on TSN. Oh, okay. No. Uh, it's an ESPN show, but it, it had the controversy recently because of having Aaron Rodgers on and all this stuff. Right. He's um, a fucking idiot. But, but they were, but they were talking about the the game, uh, obviously, right. and everyone agreed. And there's again, there's a couple former NFL guys there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, San Francisco should win the game, with the exception oh. of, but with the exception of Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. that yeah, he's the I, he's just that kind of he's just that kind of good. In most of those head-to-head games, Josh Allen actually outperforms Mahomes, but they lose it in different ways. Yeah, except in the playoffs. No, even in the playoff games, he has better numbers. No, but, but I'm saying just, head-to-head in the playoffs. No, but in those games, Josh Allen tends oh, to have has better, better numbers. numbers. Right, right. Yeah. Just not Within better the game. Well, that's right. It's just, you know, it's the team around him. That defense in Kansas City is crazy. And, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's just an opinion. Josh Allen needs to get a, you know, he, that's what's missing on that team. They need to get a Taylor Swift type, type of a girlfriend in mm-hmm. Buffalo. But, but no, I'll tell you what, no pop stars moving to Buffalo. No, get some skag from Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The NFL just keeps showing some <laughs> some Buffalo skag. That's nice. What a fucking nice way to end another week. Dan? 
Yep. Dan, are you emotionally ready to come back? Even Dan laughed at that. I saw him. He tried not. He tried. Because Dan's so much better than we are. And he's better than everybody, in yeah. fact. All right. Yeah. Uh, have a great week, you know, everyone. I, what? I was just going to say, just to, to leave it on a lighter note, I recommend that you uh, check out the We Are the World documentary. Yes. Uh, that was I've seen it. that song. Loved it's, it. It's very good. Yeah. I it's saw called it. uh, Greatest Night in Pop. Really? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, what I, took so long? What took so long what? To make it. That song's like 40 years old or something. 1985. So, um, you know what, Dan? I watched it the other night. I was going to mention it to you. Really, really good. Really enjoyed it. I'll have to do that. Uh, Darren sent me a note about it, too, I think. But, yeah, The Greatest Night in Pop on Netflix is definitely worth the, especially for guys our age. For people our age, it'll, it'll take you right back to it and all the different stars and... They yeah. worked on it one one night, one night, and they, it was one night, and they got it done by eight in the morning after the American Music Awards. Yeah. They they did it there because it was everybody was in town. Yeah, so it they, started that, at eleven o'clock at night, it. and they oh, and it was great. I'll have to watch that. You, um, you, you the, the names and the and the singers is just uh, unbelievable how that way they put it all together. Well, there. Thank you for doing that, Dan. For a little palate cleanser. For people before we leave another, you know, show. And uh, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a week or so. And uh, enjoy uh, yourselves. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Tell us what you think. We've got a couple of weeks here for you to, to uh, save it up and listen on the show. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, not giving a shit is kind of the same thing as enjoying every goddamn day. From the habitations in the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Mm-hmm.